Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to Season 6 of Made Man, your favorite and most handsome Mad Man podcast, where tonight I just finished watching Season 6, Episode 1, The Doorway, a Part 1. Yes, this time I decided not to watch both episodes of the two-hour season premiere, even though Netflix puts them together as one episode, I decided to break these out so that the episodes match uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, blah, 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 so that I'm not off by one number just because that's what Netflix did. I did that last season, and I decided not to do it this season, also because I'm not sure I'm going to be able to stay awake to watch both ep- both parts of this episode, but that's okay. There's a lot to discuss in this episode, The Doorway, Part 1. But before we do, before we get started, I just want to say a few things. Thank you, everybody, for subscribing. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been great. I can't believe we made it to Season 6. I can't believe we only have 6 and 7 left. This is crazy. Listen, you know the best way to find me? It's through Twitter, which is at MadeManPod. Or you can always email me, maidman at fansnotexperts.com. Now, before we get started with the show, I just want to take a little word to hear, or take a moment, I should say, to hear a word from today's sponsor. Wasn't that great? Okay, now, let's get into the action of The Doorway. So, this episode starts completely, well, it starts weird. It doesn't, I was going to say it starts in Hawaii, but it doesn't really. It starts with... Somebody dead, you think, and uh, or somebody dying, having a heart attack, and Megan screaming over them. So my first thought was, that's Don. Don lives a hard lifestyle. He likes it to drink. He likes it to smoke. I'm sure he eats lots of bacon. And uh, he probably had one of those uh, them there heart attacks. That's, that's what I thought at the beginning. And then we cut over to Hawaii. Now, when I was a kid... Everything I learned from Hawaii was from the Bradys. You go to Hawaii, if you wear this um, this cursed tiki idol around your neck, you're going to hit your head while you're surfing. Uh, you're almost going to have something on a wall fall on you. You're going to have a tarantula crawl on you. And later on, you're going to meet Vincent Price. Those are the things that I assume happen in every everyone's Hawaiian trip. Now, it seemed like none of that happened here. They were on vacation. They were on, but they were on a work vacation. So Don's there, Megan's there. And the first thing Megan said was, I don't want to get too tan um, because, well, it started with a little voiceover, a little voice. I forget what he said, but Don was reading Inferno, I believe. Um, Was that Dante's Inferno? I mean, he wasn't reading the Dan Brown version. Boom. Um, but Megan said something that was telling. She said, I don't want to get too tan. Uh, they may fire me or something like that. I don't want too much tan. Um, and I said, oh, she's got a job. So they don't, what I love about shows like this, smart written shows is they don't say, Hey, Megan, how are you doing with that new job? Oh, the job I got on television on a TV show. Yeah. The one you got on the TV show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. That's how poorly written shows are 
are um, done. If you watch bad movies or bad show, bad shows, and um, you start hearing them talk to each other in ways that, like, they should already know, but they're saying it specifically so the dumb audience knows. So it's like, listen, man, you're my brother, and no matter what you do as a teacher in seventh grade, you'll always be my brother. I hate stupid writing. Um, and I, you know, I didn't know it was stupid writing until I, I remember, I think it was, I probably talked about this before. Albert Brooks said something about that once I heard him in an interview, bring it up. And ever since then, it just jumps out at me. Um, whereas good writing like this, she just says something that makes you think, what's she talking about? She must have a show. Now, I don't know how much time has passed, um, but it is Christmas time. It is the winter. Um, but obviously, the commercial she got when she was uh, Snow White or Sleeping Beauty or whatever, um, whatever it was, that obviously people took notice and people um, to the point where she got a job. Not a huge TV job, as we learn later, but still a TV job where she gets recognized. So they're in Hawaii um, and really they're there, it looks like, to sell for a hotel. Megan's there to get weed. Uh, and then so they can have sex on weed, um, which apparently is exciting. Uh, but they also go to a luau. And at the luau, they're with a guy at the table. And he's like, uh, he, the way he was talking, you could see that it was his hotel or he was the manager or the owner. I don't know. But Don and Don was there specifically for um, work, to do research for this hotel, to do ads for them. And Megan... Uh, someone came up to her and asked for her autograph and said the character's name. And when she said the character's name, I was like, what is going on? Oh, wait, she recognizes her from TV. Uh, and the way they said it, it seemed like it was a soap opera. That was my guess, a soap opera. Um, and, you know, Don, you could just see, was kind of smiling. He, he kind of took the whole thing in. Megan was dancing up there um, with, like, the flirty guy running the luau. But he, he, it was, a, you know, all part of the show. Um, Don was just kind of, it seemed like he was just taking it in. Seeing Megan get recognized, he just had this look like, cool, 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 cool. Uh, but really it was about, um, you know, they're there for work. And Megan, again, getting high, making sweet love to her husband. Uh, but at one point, Don ends up downstairs. I don't know if it was just because he's old and needed to, needs to fidget, he needs to move. He ends up at the hotel bar where he runs into a young excuse me, young private um, who's in the army. Uh, now, Don was in the army in Korea. This guy is um, in Vietnam. He is there to get married. He has this nice Mexican girl. She has no family. And he's like, you know, she thinks, um, you know, married men uh, live longer because they have someone to fight for. They have reason to live. That's why they ended up getting married so quickly. He's basically getting married in the morning and going back to war in the afternoon, which is, I think that's what he said, which is just freaky. Um, and the guy was, he was drunk, but he, I thought he was just going to like um, bother Don, but they kind of connected and uh, they joked, they, they made a connection because of the lighters. They both had the same lighter and that's how the guy, the kid knew that Don was in the service. Um, and he's like, can you take, can you give the bride away? She has no family here. I don't want some hotel customer, hotel employee doing it. So Megan wakes up the next morning, sees Don's not there, 
kind of moseys over to the balcony, takes notice. Next thing you know, she's out on the beach taking pictures of Don, who is standing in as the witness and is there for the bride, just being part of the wedding, which I thought was, I don't know, just I think Don thought he was doing something. He was doing something nice for um, for a fellow soldier. I felt like maybe he just felt like he owed it to this kid. Um, and this was like the first 10 minutes of the show. We're in Hawaii. We're at a luau. We're smoking weed. We're doing sex. We're helping some dude get married. We're sitting at a bar. It is like, what the hell is going on? Now, it, did Don sleep with those women at the end of the last season? I don't know. Um, what is, you know, a, a, how did Megan get this job? I don't know. I was trying to figure out, like, was it, is this years later? I don't know. I don't think it is. It seems like it isn't. It's still in the 60s. Um, but, you know, that it starts there. And then I'm thinking, is, are we going to do this whole episode in Hawaii? I love saying it. I'm sorry. I love saying it that way. There's a commercial where they say Hawaii. And it just sounds so much cooler than me saying Hawaii. Um, I'm just going to mute my mute my phone. Um, so we cut back to cold and windy New York. And what's the first face we see but Henry Francis's mother. She's there. Uh, Sally's there. Sally's, you know, every year she's like, She's becoming older, like she's growing up before our eyes. Uh, Betty's there, and some other girls there. Girl I've never seen before. My first instinct, my first thought is: Is this Henry Francis's daughter? Doesn't Henry Francis have a daughter? Doesn't Henry Francis have kids? I'm not crazy, right? From his first marriage, I, I thought he did. Um, we never hear from them, but they're at the movies or they're at the Nutcracker, is what they're at. And um, on the way home, Betty gets pulled over because she's an erratic driver. Um, it's snowy. She thought she was maybe she was speeding. She was being polite to the officer. Henry Francis's mother was being much like, do you know who my son is? He works for Mayor Lindsay, blah, blah, blah. The cop's like, I don't care who you are. I'm trying to keep you from, from taking you off the road in a shovel. Um, and the, the mother, who was just so dramatic, she was like, this is just the worst thing ever. And the girl in the back was, they're giggling. And the girl in the back said, well, my mother's dead. And they're all giggling about it. And I'm like, who is this girl? And you know what? I still don't know who this girl is. There's a side story with this girl. And this is just the first episode. So maybe more goes on in the second episode of The Doorway. But there's this side episode with this, this like moment with this girl who I don't know who she is. And I'm wondering, do I even care who she is? Because she seems to just be... Sally's friend who uh, plays the violin who Bobby seems to have a crush on um, and it led to the one of the most uncomfortable moments in Mad Men history and but it, but it's also par for the course for crazy person Betty Draper Francis uh, and I'll get there I'll get there but so they're, they get pulled over, and next thing you know, we cut over to the Francis household. It's nice, and the house looks very nice. Uh, all is done up for Christmas, and Henry's there with uh, Bobby and Jean. Henry, no matter what you do, those are Don's kids, okay? 
Bobby, I think it's the same Bobby actor from last year, but he seemed like he didn't grow at all. He seemed like he got smaller. I don't know if that's possible. Um, but the, all the women show up, and Sally, Bobby's like, are you sleeping over? To the other girl. He runs over. He runs to get the violin. Meanwhile, Sally's like, um, oh, you're going to tell her what happened? Betty got pulled over. Um, and he says, she says Betty, not, um, not my mother. I don't know why Sally would talk like Henry Francis. Uh, also, when she was in the car, Sally's like, I hate cops. Now, I think this is the late 60s. So Sally is trying to be what she sees on TV with uh, the hippie movement. That's just my guess. That's my guess. Um, but they, um, so they give this girl, she's going to be going to Juilliard. And uh, that it really impressed Henry Francis's mother. And so Bobby's like, can you play the violin? Gives a violin that they already have. She gets up and she starts playing, you know, playing the fiddle. Do, 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 playing something nice. I don't know. Then we cut over to um, Don Draper and, and Megan um, showing up back at home. It's cold. This is what threw me off. It threw me off a little bit. So, and I had, a, I rewound it like three times to make sure I was seeing what I was seeing. Uh, Don and Megan come in. They say hi to the doorman. Doorman's like, how you doing? She's like, great. How are you, how are you feeling? And when she says that, boom, he collapses. He collapses. Megan and Don rush over. Ah, the scream is. And I'm like, wait a second. My first thought was, did I catch something? Did I catch a mistake? That's ridiculous, obviously. Um, but we see Megan completely in a different outfit and Don completely in a different outfit. And they're not bundled up for the winter. And they're freaking out. And this guy crum crumbles up. And meanwhile, this doctor comes over. He's like, get out of the way. Get out of the way. Starts giving mouth to mouth and bringing this guy back to life. They're like, come on. Come back to life. I can hear you. Jones I think Jonesy was his name. And uh, then we cut right back to the wintertime to what we saw originally. And they're like, I can't believe you're back at work already. So it was like a clever little time jump to, again, show you what happened, not tell you what happened. On another TV show, they'd be like, Josie, how are you feeling since your heart attack a week ago? I'm feeling much better. Thankfully, the good doctor brought me back to life. Oh, here's the good doctor now. Blah, 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 blah. But they just kind of showed us, which is what good writing does. Um, I don't know what he had to do with it, except bringing the doctor into um, the story. And But other than that, I wasn't quite sure what it did. Maybe it brings more, kind of brings mortality to uh, to the, the story that maybe the doorway and the doorman, some kind of significant there, significance there. But after that, and we jump back to um, to uh, look at this. I'm not going from character to character. I'm going to tell you a little secret right now. So I have I'm, I'm using the red bar on Netflix to see the little box on the screen. And it's reminding me what I just watched. Isn't that helpful? I don't know if this is a new season six thing. I don't know. But I'm kind of looking down going, oh, this is what happens. And then I talk about it. And then I remember it. I'm not watching it again. It's not on my screen. But when you run that little, when you run your at your mouse over the little, uh, the little red line, it just, it just gives you a little thumbnail what you were watching. So that's why I'm nailing exactly what happened next. And you know what happened next? Ladies and gentlemen, this is what freaked me out more than, I don't know. More than um, Betty 
asking, remember when, like, didn't she ask someone to feed? Oh, no. More than when Henry first rubbed Betty's pregnant belly. More than when Betty bought a chaise lounge just because she wanted to fantasize about Henry. More than when she let um, Glenn, that's his name, right, take a bit of her hair. This was strange. So Betty gets into bed. She's like, that girl's really good at violin, huh? He goes, look at the smile on your face. You seem, no, that's right. He's reading the newspaper, and she's like, um, oh, you shouldn't read that. It gets you all stressed. He's like, no, I'm relaxed. No, actually, Betty, I'm relaxed. I'm relaxed tonight. I don't know. i got to work on my Henry Francis. And she's like, well, I bet you are. I saw the way you know that violin made you relax. Um, he's like, she's very talented. She's like, well, isn't she a little young for you? Like, she's, you know, she's, barely, she's barely a year older than Sally. He's like, oh, bets. He's like, yeah, maybe I'll run away with a teen bride. And then she goes, well, why? she's right in the next room. Why don't you go in there and rape her? This is what Betty said with a smile on her face. He's like, what? What are you talking about? She goes, would it make you feel better if we left? I can take Sally. You can go. You can, or we, I can help you. I can hold her down. And you can put a rag in her mouth. I'm like, what the F are you doing, Betty? Betty, you are a crazy person. Now, I, I, I think of Pete as a crazy person also. He tries to hide it with his big smile and smirks. Um, and you hide it with your, your batting your doughy eyes, but you, you are legit Kugelbird. And if I was Henry, I'd be like, oh, oh, this is why, this is why Dawn, um, actually she asked for a divorce. I was going to say this is why Dawn divorced you. Not true. Um, but you have to think Henry's like, dear Lord, what have I done? What have I done? Um, because that was really, really odd. Um, we cut back over to uh, Don and Megan back in their apartment. And Megan gets the script in the mail. And she's like, oh, the doorman gave her the script for her show. So we know she's on a show. We know she's being recognized. But she's like, I have, you know, so many lines. She's like, I have like one page of a script here. And I have like so many, you know, two lines or something like that. Um, he's like, she's like, I shouldn't have gone on vacation. So it seems like she's not a big part of the show, but she has a show. She plays the maid and she, um, she has a couple lines and she packs for someone. And Don's like, seems like he's the one who should worry. Cause if you're packing for this guy, maybe he's off the show, but she was just upset because apparently, you know, she doesn't have as much lines as she thought she would. Um, and, and now we go back to it's I want to say it's a sweet moment but I also want to say why do I care about this um, so that girl that was playing the violin she's hanging out in the kitchen Betty goes down for a midnight snack and they share a moment while this girl who's what she 15 sitting there smoking at the kitchen table Betty has no problem with it and sits down and tries to give her advice of well, the girl tells her, you know, I'm not going to Juilliard. And the girl, she goes, I can't go to Juilliard. And Betty's like, that's not, you know, don't think like that. And she goes, no, no, I didn't get in. I'm not good enough. I'm too old already. And Betty's trying to give her advice. Um, and I think she said she could stay with them for a while. I don't know what's going to, I don't know what this is. Is this girl going to come in and become close to Betty and Sally's going to get um, jealous? I don't know. And I'm wondering if I care, you know, um, this is Don Draper's family. That's why I cared about it. Now that it's now that it's not that it's not Don Draper's family, but when they're not interacting with Don, I don't care as much. 
Sally with Don and Megan, great. Sally with Betty, I'm actually, Sally's great. So maybe it's just uh, Betty I don't want to deal with. And now this other girl, like, why, why do I care about this? I don't know. Uh, it must go somewhere, I guess. Maybe this girl is showing Betty um, or making Betty think of what she had. I don't know. I don't know. But it's like this girl doesn't want to um, go back to regular high school. Sally, she's like, it's too late. Sally's like, Betty's like, you know, you've got, you can do two years. You don't have to worry about it. She goes, I want to lo- live in the city. But she's like, didn't you do it? She goes, yeah, I lived with a bunch of girls and we ate canned food and it was not great. It was not easy. Um, and I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't even want to talk about that anymore. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. Um, but here's the thing with this year. <clears throat> not only are we going to get Sterling Cooper Draper Sterling Cooper Draper Campbell I didn't actually look at the sign to see if they changed their name um, not only are we going to get that advertising firm we're actually going to get Peggy's advertising firm which I don't remember their name either but you know what Peggy Olson is still going to be a major part of the show thank God hopefully this means that she'll eventually end up back where she belongs but um, we cut over to oh, what's her boyfriend's name I have no, I don't remember. I don't remember. But she's still with her same boyfriend. He's a little hippy-dippy now. He's got the long hair. He's got the mustachio. And uh, he's also seems to have the diarrhea. They ate someplace, some vegetarian place. Peggy hates vegetarian. Says, uh, makes her think of Lent. This guy runs into the bathroom, and it's late. It is late at night, and I think it's Christmas Eve. I think. Um, but it's late, and she gets a call in the middle of the night from this dude and he's pissed because there is a big ad, the big campaign they have for headphones, and their big slogan is, lend me your ear, and some comedian went on The Tonight Show and made a joke about Vietnam soldiers chopping off the Viet Cong's ears and wearing them in necklaces. So that gives a negative connotation of lend me your ear, and now they think the ad will just remind people of that and will not buy the headphones. It's a big advertising um you know catastrophe and he calls her at the just about midnight um and she's like we gotta get um our boss i can't remember his friggin name art no it's not art um but we gotta get him we gotta get him you gotta call him um and she's like oh she's got to figure something out in the middle of the night now cut back to don in an elevator and i'm thinking Oh, good. He's going to work. We're finally going to go to work. No, he's not at work. He's in his house elevator, his building elevator. We haven't seen this building elevator. And I feel like um, all of a sudden we got the doorman. We got the elevator. We got this doctor. In the elevator is there his, the man who saved the doorman's life. Good old doctor something or other. I don't know. I don't remember his name. Uh, but he is, I'm assuming, a Jewish doctor because Don said, Merry Christmas. Oh, wait. I don't say that to you. He's like, now you can say that to my wife. Um and they just, you know, got to talking about, um, I don't even remember what they were talking about, but it was like, oh, um, you know, oh, you look great in Hawaii. That's nice. Um, and then the guy was like, um, they were talking about work or something about it. And, oh, he was saying, don't you do the, the big camera? Uh, you're doing a big camera thing. 
He's like, yeah, we're doing light. Oh, do you guys do this camera? He goes, no, we do this camera, light up. I don't know, whatever the hell it is. He's like, oh, cool. He goes, yeah, he goes, I had a bunch of them. If you want to come by, you can, I'll give you one. He's like, you're kidding me. It's like, no, come on by. But if you let me, if I come to your work, you're going to let me come to your work someday. He's a surgeon. And they just had, they just struck up a friendship. seems like this is a new character. It doesn't seem like he's going anywhere. Um, maybe they become friends. I don't know. He seems very nice. He seems an earnest man. He seems an honest man. And there aren't many of those in Mad Men, so I don't know if that's going to be for real or if something bad's going to happen. But this guy's here for a reason. I just don't know what that reason is. Um, finally, we cut over and see our friend Roger Sterling, who we haven't seen since last season, last week. Uh, and he looks a little different. You know, it's, he's got his hair's a little thicker. I've noticed a lot of dudes got the sideburns going now. Um, so he's, he's got little sideburns going. Hair looks a little less coiffed or a little bigger, a little thicker. And he is in a psychiatrist's office. And his psychiatrist, he's trying to make a laugh. Um, he's, what's funny is it starts when he's talking about women, of course. He's like, oh, none of them are really blonde. Well, maybe they, because, you know, their hair changes over time. And maybe they're all brunette. Maybe I'm thinking about Jane. He's basically talking about all the women he's been dating and seeing and all these things. But he's also having kind of an existential crisis where he flat out mentions doors. There you go. The doors. Here's your doorway. Here's your first talk of doorways <clears throat> where he's going on and on about, you know, what's the point? Everything is a door. Like you think everything is a choice. You think, oh, that door, that leads to something. You open the door, guess what it does? It leads to another door. It leads to another bridge. It leads to another wall. It leads to another this. It's just... You're just going, you're picking up pennies along the way. It means nothing until the end. And you're dead. And he made some funny comments. And he's, he, he joked, the, the psychiatrist is like, look, I'm, I, I, I told you this. I'm not supposed to laugh. It's, sometimes it's hard. Um, but it was really just about, I think, him having that midlife crisis. He's already gone through two wives. I think he's gone through two heart attacks. And, um, you know, he's just worried about changing Worrying about getting older. Uh, probably the LSD did a lot for him. Especially the second time. When last time we just saw him standing there naked. Um, but that's our first moment of Roger of the season. Is him trying to make a psychiatrist laugh. But also having some pretty heady thoughts about what the hell is the point of any of this. Um, meanwhile, we jump back to Peggy's office. Where she's with that same guy who called the night before. And there's a young guy in the office who, it's funny, this is so different than what the world is now. Where they, the, the, the thing on the Tonight Show happened. It happened live. And they can't find any transcript. They don't have any transcript of it. Uh, it's not like there's a video of it. I mean, nowadays, most of the stuff that the, the, the late shows do are so that they put on YouTube the next day and people watch them that way. Um, but I mean, this isn't even, you know, in the eighties, even you'd be like, Oh, it was on tape. It's on this. We can find this. But in the sixties, it's like, it's here and it's gone. Um, they didn't mention who the comedian was. They didn't, they don't remember who the comedian was. They don't, uh, know even if people noticed it, the people who did notice were the people who run the headphones, the headphone guys, they noticed it. That's why they're freaking out about it. 
So they bring this this young guy in to kind of do the routine. And he wasn't doing it great justice, but the the guy that was called Peggy, he's laughing at everything. Like, this is this is funny. And Peggy's like, oh, this is going to be terrible. This is a catastrophe. She's like, the friggin' Tonight Show. And the guy's like, yeah. Uh, the older guy had a good line. He's like, well, you could probably blame the army too, you know, because they actually did chop off ears. They were court marshals. Um, and, you know, it's like, oh, and she's like, you got to call. He, he kept saying, you got to call this boss. Call the boss. Um, you know, the guy who hired her. I don't remember his name. I want to say Ted. Is it Ted? I think Ted. Um, but it's like, Peggy, I'm glad you have a better job. But you're with the wrong people. You're supposed to be getting angry at Stan and Ginsburg. You're supposed to be fighting with Don. This is what you're supposed to be doing. And I know. I know this is better for you. You probably have more money, more power. But I want you back where you belong. I'm not doing Super Bowl ads for some headphone company. You're supposed to be working on whatever that perfume was or the Jaguar. You're supposed to be on Jaguar, too. Well, actually, I think her not being on Jaguar might have been one of the reasons that she left. One of them. Um, I forget. But guess what we do? We cut back to Don in an elevator again. Don went through elevator doors with the doctor. Don went through elevator doors with this guy. Don went through... Um, the doorway when the doorman collapsed and the doorway when he came home. Hmm, lots of doorways. I'm probably thinking too much of this. Um, so he's in the elevator with a dude I've never seen before. We've never seen before. But guess what? It works with Sterling Cooper, Draper, whatever their name is. Uh, I think, did he say his name was Bob? I don't, I think he did. And because isn't there like a famous quote, not good Bob or something like that. And I thought, is this Bob? Is that the Bob? Um, but he has two coffees. He's talking to Don. He's in account, accounting, I think, a business area. Um, upstairs. He's in the upstairs office. I'm like, oh, yes, that's right. They expanded. And he kind of talks with Don a little bit, seems to butter him up, has an extra coffee, gives it right to Don, and then talks about having college football tickets. I think he's trying to impress Don and get him into the, uh, maybe get him into his good graces to invite him to this game. And Don goes into this, this brand new Sterling Cooper Draper Price, where the first thing I, I notice is Stan's got more hair, he's smoking some grass, and Ginsburg has a mustache. These are the things that first pointed out to me. I'm like, whoa, this is the late 60s, man. Hippie dippy doopy pie. Uh, and they're they working with two new people I've never seen before, a woman and a man. I don't know their names. I don't. I just know they're part of creative, and um, they're working on uh, uh, oven cleaner. That's what I see so far. Stan's like, "Did you bring home anything for me from from the so I can work on the Royal Hilton or whatever the hell it is?" Don's like, "Ah, you know, it, it's just an experience. You had to be there." Um, in other words, Don had nothing for them yet, but. Um, Really, it was just weird seeing this office. I'm like, this is the office. Who are these people? I'm already, you know, you know, Stan and Ginsburg weren't there at the beginning. So, but they're, you know, I'm used to them now. They are part of Sterling Cooper. Like, hey, there's some friendly faces. Now there's new people. Am I going to be used to them in a few, in by next season? Um, but that's how work is. Work, you come, you go. There's people that come, there's people that go, and there's new people all the time. Um, now, Don comes in. 
And Dawn starts walking down the hall and sees Dawn, his Dawn, his secretary Dawn, who she's like, I've moved everything to the afternoon because what's going on here? There's a photographer here. And you know that hallway between Dawn's office and Roger's office? Um, so you have Dawn, the secretary's desk, and Roger's secretary. Now they're, it's opened up. They ripped open the ceiling. They put a staircase in there. I don't know why I was picturing a, a spiral staircase, but they demolished. They made a big space area to put this new staircase in, and a photographer's there to take their pictures for, I don't know what it's for, the newspaper, for advertising, for something. And who's up on, the, who's up on there posing but Pete Campbell? This is the only time we see Pete pretty much this whole episode. He is very smarmy and, you know, slapbacky, um, glad-handing, all that stuff. He's like, I'm taking photos. And um, he's like, Don, Don. He's, and he's got little sideburns going, too. And he's, like, clapping Don on the back. He's like, I never talked to you, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Roger, it was really kind of small talk. Um, and then uh, Joan goes up to get her a camera and... The assistant's like, is this color photo? And the photographer's like, no, I wish it was. And Roger's like, how am I, how am I going to uh, follow that? And she has a little smile on her face. Roger and Joan, they, they belong together in my world. Um, and then, like, we just see, oh, um, what's his name shows up? Harry. He shows up. He's not there for the photographs at all. He's just upset because he has to go upstairs. So he, he moseys upstairs to, you know, buy everyone while they're doing their pictures to uh, get to his office. And when Don finally goes to his office, he opens the door and he's like, what the hell? And Secretary Don is like, I'm sorry, they, they thought it would look better for the uh, pictures. He's like, well, I don't like it. She's like, we'll change it back right afterwards. So they changed around his office. They moved his desk over by like on a different wall where the couch used to be all this for photographs. Um, and they moved, they moved the couch where the desk was and the desk where the couch was. And you could see he just was not, um, not loving it, but he just looks out the window, stares off into the, in a different angle. Um, interesting. It was another change when he went through a doorway, a doorway, the toilet zone. I don't know why I said that. Um, we cut back to Peggy and that dude again, who I recognize the actor. Um, and they're with their client from the headphone company. And Peggy is just smooth talking, this dude. He's like, she's like, we didn't hear about anything. There's been no backlash. It's probably, you probably are the only people worried about it. And the guy's like, we probably are. But we are worried about it. Can't we do this? Can't we just cut this part out? She's like, that will definitely work. But then they're in a toga and it doesn't make any sense. But that's a good starting point. He's like, well, I don't know what to do. And she goes, but I do. I know how to come up with these things. You give me time. Give me a couple days. She just really smoothed it over with this guy. She's such a pro. And the guy's like, okay, okay. And she leaves. And the other guy's like, great. But you, should, you still got to get Ted. I think his name is Ted. If, I'm, if it's not Ted, I apologize. You can see Peggy's like, I'm taking care of this. I don't need to freaking bother this guy constantly all the time. He's like, you know, but yeah, you need to call him. So we jump back over to the office and we see the two new people um, talking to Don about an ad campaign for that oven cleaner where it talks about, you know, love is in the title. And Don has these moments where he's like, what does that mean? It doesn't, doesn't mean anything. It's meaningless. It makes love seem trivial. Um, and while he's saying this, 
the doctor uh, is being brought in. The doctor who he said could come visit the office later and get a, get a camera. Uh, so the the girl from the main desk is bringing the uh, doctor, and the doctor pauses for a second just to hear Don kind of work his magic. And Don says some really great things about love. You got to make it feel this. You got the difference between this person, this happening, and this happening is like a thousand volts of electricity, and that's what you need to make it feel like. And you can see the doctor was impressed. And when he came in, and Don finally talked to him, uh, he goes, "Well, you, you can see my. This is my uh, my hospital, or whatever." He said something like that. And the guy's like, "I I was impressed with what you did. I, you know, uh, it bothers me. I thought you were just an empty head. There's, you know, there's something going on in there. I think." Seeing he was impressed by what Don did, and then Don brought him over to the closet, gave him a camera, and that was really it. And then his secretary came over, and for the glimpse moment, I thought, oh no, this guy's going to be a, a, a jackass racist. But no, he was fine. Uh, they made a little quip about um, Don needed, being, being needed by the photographer, and the doctor was like, oh, maybe I could take a picture. And then he said, you know, uh, I think our wives are going to have something planned for New Year's, try to keep it in the building, shook hands, went on their way. That was really, um, it was, you know, this guy who, I don't know who he is, but he seems like he'll be okay. So now we get to Roger's office, and Roger gets some devastating news. First, he's on the phone. It seems like he's talking to another chickie about wanting to be with her. And his secretary comes in, and she is bawling. She is bawling, and Roger's like, what is it? What's going on? Gives her a drink. She's like, you better sit down. He's like, I'll be okay. Roger's mother died. Uh, and he goes, he starts um, comforting his secretary, who's just crying because she met her. She's been, always been nice to her when she could hear her. Uh, he goes, you know, she was 91. She'd been talking about every, she'd been saying it to be her last Christmas for 20 years. Um, she had a good life. How did she die? How did it happen? Um, and uh, she said, you know, she had a stroke in the bathroom. She's like, I'm sorry. He goes, well, I did ask. Uh, she said, do you want me to call your aunt back? Because the aunt is who called the secretary. He goes, no, she's a fruitcake. She'll probably want to have a seance. I thought that was a great line. Um, but, you know, he comforted her. They shared a drink. The secretary was crying. He goes, talk to Joan. She'll know what to do. Um, he goes, I guess I need to take care of everything. Why don't you talk to you still have Joan do everything. She'll know what to do. She leaves, and Roger takes a sip of his drink and he just holds it up. He's like, cheers to his mom. So that was nice. And I remember, right, we saw the mother. She was one of the board members really early on. Um, I forget what they were voting for. I don't know if it was to bring Don in to give him more power. Um, wow, I can't even think of these early seasons where Don didn't have power. He was just part of creative. Um, wild, 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 wild. So we do get the scene of Peggy calling her boss. Um, why was this there? Was it there to show us that she couldn't get through to her boss? And why she was calling a church. And that was, I was trying, also trying to figure out what she was doing there. That wasn't a Catholic church. So I don't know if this guy was on a religious retreat of some kind. But the person she talked to um, was asking her about her religious beliefs. We didn't hear that. We just heard her saying it. Uh, she's a Catholic. My father. Uh, and then she said, and with you also, when it ended. But she's like, can you please make sure he gets this message? It's about the Super Bowl ad. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen there. I'm not sure what that was. Maybe he was, you know, again, he could have been on some kind of religious retreat. Um, and she couldn't get through to him. But um, interesting. Interesting to see where that leads. 
And hopefully it's a big fiasco and Peggy has to go back to uh, Sterling Cooper, Draper, something. Um, so the final episode, the final moments of this episode, and I'm telling you, we're stopping now. Even though my Netflix has another 45 minutes, we are going to stop because this is the end of episode one. And you are not going to hear my voice talk about this episode until next Friday. Um, I don't know why I'm saying it like that. It's so weird. But now the final scene of this episode after Betty gets off the phone is Don in his office with the photographer. Uh, he's got the photographer, the photographer, then two photographer assistants there. Uh, and I think his secretary was there as well. I don't remember. Um, and the guy's like, just kind of do your thing. Um, he's like, well, if I did my thing, I'd be standing over there at my desk. He's like, just make it natural. So he's kind of moseying around the office. He, he go, he lights a cigarette. The guy's like, good, good. He lights, and he looks at his lighter and he realizes he has the lighter of the private that he married, that he helped facilitate the wedding gave away the bride so and he gets this kind of he, he goes away he, he's he's lost he's not in the moment um so i'm thinking to myself is he thinking this guy has my lighter and does his lighter say don draper or does it say dick whitman um i don't remember i don't know if you've ever seen that i'm sure we have wasn't was the lighter something that was in the 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 the, the hidden drawer the locked drawer i don't remember I should remember these things, but he gets this kind of look in his face. It wasn't full panic. It was just kind of, or maybe he was just thinking about this kid and it just brought him back to the moment where this kid is back in the shit back in Vietnam. Who knows if he's even alive? So I'm not sure if Don was worried about the lighter being mixed or anything. I think he was just more like he's doing photographs because of choices he made in life, got him here, got him out of the war, and here to living this luxury life, taking photographs for some magazine or something um, in his great office where the biggest complaint is they moved the desk and he's looking down at this lighter and he's thinking about this kid who got married just so that his girlfriend would um, be less superstitious or more superstitious or just feel better about him going back into the war. Maybe this kid never comes back. I don't know. All these thoughts going through my head. It's probably what was going through Don's head at that moment. Because he was like, huh, what, what? And he's like, what do you want me to do? And the guy says, just be yourself. And then we fade to black. The just be yourself thing, once again, brings me back to thinking about Dick Whitman. And this kid is at war. And this kid went back to war. And Don traded on uh, Don, the real Don Draper's name to get out of war. So it's like he is, he's a deserter. He um, is a, he's fraud. Uh, and, and this guy's telling him to be yourself. And that's the one thing he isn't. He's reinvented himself. He's not himself. So, you know, another little moment of like, you know, what am I doing? What have I done? Uh, and that's where episode one, The Doorway part one comes to an end and I think I think I've covered everything um, mind you I like this new method of me kind of going through it blindly with my mouse pad seeing the little thumbnails remind me of what was going on so I think I covered everything 
Um, but let's let's think. Let's kind of go back. Joan, you know, we don't really see anything. Pete, we don't really see anything. Uh, Harry, we don't. Uh, Harry, we don't really see anything. Uh, Roger, the biggest thing is, you know, he's questioning life, and then all of a sudden, boom, his mother dies. Really, really sad. Um, Henry and Betty, you know, they seem to have taken a friend in of, of Sally. Uh, and Betty really does not know how to talk to her husband. Um, really, the, the, the rape and the put a cloth in her mouth stuff was... It wasn't funny. It was just crass. Is that the word? Like, like I don't like to think... I, I like to think that nothing offends me. Like, I'm not like, oh my God, I can't believe she said that. It's more like, oh my God, I can't believe she... Like, what is wrong with you? That kind of thing. Like, you are ridiculous and you're a cuckoo bird for saying those things. Um, but it seems like she, maybe she's going to bond with this girl. I don't know. Wouldn't it be something if something did happen between this girl and Henry? Oh my God. Oh. Oh my goodness, the thought of it. Oh, disgusting. Um, it's Darling Cooper. Like, this office looks so different. Different people. Different floors. Different looks. We got sideburns now. Um, Megan was a big chunk of the first 10 minutes and then really didn't see her since seeing the doctor. Oh no, she got her lines. She's in a TV show now. She's doing something. It's not a ton, but something. I feel like there's a lot that happened. In this episode, I'm glad I'm cutting these into two different episodes because a lot happened, even though the first 10 minutes was in Hawaii. Uh, the Hawaiian thing, that's going to be a big client, I assume. And then we get Peggy over at her job dealing with her clients, dealing with headphones, Vietnam jokes and the Super Bowl. How exciting. And no matter how good she does, they're still like, you need to get Ted on the phone. You need to get Ted if his name's Ted. If it's not Ted, I apologize. Uh, but I think I think I covered it. Peggy's still with her boyfriend. Um, I don't know what's going on with Joan. And I don't know what's going on with Pete. A lot of, a lot of Pete stuff happened last season with that woman, the electroshocks. Um, so we'll see. I don't. Th I think that's done because she's, she didn't even remember him. I think that's done. So Pete either... Oh, I think Pete got his apartment, right? Oh, my God. What a nut. Um, so he's probably, who knows, he's living it up. He seemed pretty chipper, a little too chipper. I don't like Pete happy. I, 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 I prefer him being sad. That's my favorite Pete, the sad one. Uh, I think that I would, I can't wait to get up on the second floor. i just dying to see what's up there, you know? It seemed like artsy people were on the first floor because... Somebody said, like, either it's the photographer or the writers, uh, but it is, it smells like a reefer down here. I think they said reefer. Uh, and uh, Stan was definitely looked like he was smoking weed, and no one cared. Um, so I don't know, I don't know what's going on upstairs, but I can't wait to see it. But Don's office and, and Roger's office are still on the first floor, so it can't be just, um, but they're part of, well, they're, you know, they're not creative. Don is. Look, I'm rambling now because it is 11.38 p.m. And uh, it is still Friday while I'm saying this, even though it's probably going to be Saturday by the time this episode gets to your ears. But it's here, and we did it. And I want to thank you for listening. I said this before at the, begin at the beginning, but once again, let me just reiterate. If you're on Twitter, please follow me, at MadeManPod. Now, also, it would be great is if 
you would throw me an iTunes review. It's free. Costs you nothing. And uh, all I'd ask is that you give me five stars and call me the coolest, most awesomest dude ever. Like, you don't have to quote me, but write that exactly. No, I don't care what you say. And you know what? Be truthful. I don't care if you hate it. If you hate it, go on there and say, this guy sucks. His Henry Francis is awful. Um, do, but I would love an iTunes review. This would be, that would be my Christmas present, even though it's only October. Uh, by Christmas, my goodness, we're going to be well into, am I going to be doing this season by Christmas? And I think it's October. So let's say two months from now, that's eight episodes. It's going to be December. Yeah. Yeah. This, this season, this season is going to bring us into 2020 and then boom, it's on to the final season. I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. But you've been with me this long. Please stay with me. I appreciate it oh so much. Uh, in fact, I want to thank you. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, why do I do this? Not the voice, not the podcast. I do it for you, but the voice. I don't know why I started doing it, but it's part of me now. So I want to thank you. For listening to my voice as I ride along that trail on a journey from here to the ultimate goal of being a made man. Fans not experts.